Chapter 18 of Mildred at Home by Martha Finley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. I bless thee for the noble heart, the tender and the true, where mine hath found the happiest rest that e'er fond woman's knew. Mrs. Hemans Mrs. Baird made short work of cleaning away the remains of the supper and setting everything to rights. Then, taking two of her sons with her, she repaired to the garden. All three presently returned laden with flowers, with which they proceeded to ornament the parlor, after setting aside some of the fairest and most fragrant for the adornment of the bride. "'What next, mother?' asked Tom. "'We are hardly thinking of having a wedding in the house without refreshments, I suppose.' "'No, I've plenty of cakes baked, three kinds, bride, pound, and sponge cakes. Now you boys go to the garden and gather all the finest fruits you can find, why, I help the bride to dress. Dress, laughed Tom. What has she got to dress in? Will she put on her Indian toggery again? You'll see when the time comes, said his mother. Now off with you and show how well you can do our part. Mr. Baird had repaired to the front porch with his guests, and an animated conversation was going on there, Mr. Clark and Rupert being the chief speakers when the good lady of the house appeared among them with the announcement that it was time for every one of them to be dressing for the wedding. You know your room, Mr. Clark. I've had your saddlebags carried there, and you'll find everything necessary for making your preparations. Mr. Baird, will you please to attend to Mr. Keith? I shall take care of the bride, she said, and linking Juanita's arm in hers, she led her into the house and to a large airy bedroom that with its white draped windows dressing table and bed looked very suitable for a bridal chamber the white dress the new moccasins and a profusion of the loveliest flowers were there juanita sent a swift glance about the room taking in all these details and more the room seemed pervaded by a simple air of elegance and its atmosphere was redolent of the sweet breath of flowers then turning to her kind hostess she threw her arms round her neck and with quivering lips and eyes full of tears said, Oh, how good, how good you are to a poor wayfarer, dear lady. It's very little I'm doing, dear child, said Mrs. Baird, returning the embrace. I'm afraid it must seem but a forlorn kind of wedding to you, and yet I think you should be a happy bride, for sure I am that if you are not a happy wife, it will not be the fault of the men you are marrying. No, cried Juanita, smiles chasing away the tears there cannot be another in all the world like my rupert i must admit that i have taken a great fancy to him mrs baird said smiling and stroking juanita's hair caressingly now dear let me help you to dress i want the pleasure of arranging this beautiful hair and trimming it with flowers they are the most suitable ornament for a bride and fortunately we have an abundant supply yes i prefer them to jewels said Juanita. My dear, you look lovely, was the delighted exclamation of the good lady when her labors were completed. Simple and old-fashioned as the dress is, it becomes you wonderfully. I never saw a bride in the richest white silk or satin look half so beautiful as you do in it. Ah, you flatter me, my kind friend, Juanita said, with a blush that enhanced her charms. Now sit down for a few moments while I trim the room with the rest of these flowers. Lilies and orange blossoms, said her hostess. 
and then I'll go and send Mr. Keith to stay with you till I call you to the parlor. Uh, may I not help? I would rather, Juanita said half imploringly. Dear lady, you must be quite exhausted with the many labors of the day. No, no, not at all, laughed Mrs. Baird merrily. As my husband often says, I have a wonderful capacity for work. I really do believe it was what I was made for. You are never ill? No, never. And what a cause for thankfulness. What earthly blessing greater than good health. A little later, Rupert came in to find Juanita alone, seated before the window and gazing out upon a beautiful landscape of prairie and forest, with richly wooded hills in the distance. He stepped lightly across the room, but her quick ear caught the sound of his footfalls. She turned, rose hastily, and threw herself into his outstretched arms. My beautiful, my beautiful, he said softly, holding her close with tenderest caresses. Ah, my love, my love, I would, I were ten times more beautiful for your dear sake, she responded, gazing into this face with eyes full of happy tears. That would be quite impossible, he said, holding her off a little, the better to view her charms, then drawing her close again to repeat his caresses. So happy in each other were they, that the time did not seem long till they were summoned to the parlor where the whole Baird family and the minister were in waiting. It was a short, simple, yet impressive ceremony, and the spectators, though few in number, were very hearty and sincere in their congratulations at its close. Rupert felt that all he needed to complete his happiness was the presence of his parents, brothers, and sisters, all, alas, so far away. He was very eager to reach home, but so weary were both he and Juanita that he had already decided to accept the kind invitation of these new-found friends to stay some weeks with them. Also, it was absolutely necessary they should make some preparation in the matter of dress for a decent appearance in civilized society. The table spread by Mrs. Baird and her sons with a simple wedding feast of cake and fruits, garnished with a profusion of beautiful fragrant flowers, presented a most attractive appearance nor were its delicacies found less agreeable to the palate than satisfying to the eye. There was no revel, no intoxicating drink, though a great abundance of delicious lemonade, nor was the feasting prolonged to excess. There was, in fact, more talk than eating and drinking, and at a primitively early hour all had retired, each to his own room. At last, love, we know beyond a question that we are truly husband and wife. Rupert said, holding Juanita to his heart with the tenderest caresses. Does the certainty add to your happiness as it does to mine? Yes, she murmured softly. Oh, I am happier than ever before in all my life. Ah, it makes my heart glad to hear it. How proud I shall be to show my little wife to the dear ones at home. I hope to have an opportunity on Monday to send them a few lines to tell that I am yet alive and hope to be with them in a few weeks. He availed himself of the opportunity, writing to Dr. Landreth to break the news to his parents, but the letter never reached its destination. Hence the intense surprise of his relatives when he arrived among them. The remainder of the journey was performed in comparative comfort. Rupert bought a pair of stout mules and a roomy wagon, 
which he and the hospitable Bairds stocked with everything necessary for a journey of several hundred miles through a sparsely settled country. In this, the young couple traveled to New Orleans, stopped at night at some village, farmhouse, or ranch, when any such shelter was near, at other times unharnessing and tethering their mules and sleeping in their wagon. The parting with the Bairds was a sorrowful one on both sides, for they had become sincerely attached during the week spent together, and it was very unlikely they would ever meet again on earth. Their only consolation was in the strong hope and expectation of a final reunion in another and better world. Rupert and Juanita set out upon this stage of their long journey, very decently attired in garments suitable for the exigencies of that kind of travel and carrying some changes with them. In New Orleans, they replenished their wardrobes so that they presented a decidedly fashionable and stylish appearance, sold the wagon and mules, and took passage on a Mississippi steamer bound for St. Louis. The trip up the river seemed really restful after the far more toilsome mode of travel they had practiced for so long. They made some pleasant acquaintances, too, and altogether greatly enjoyed the voyage with its return to the usages of civilized life. They stayed but a few hours in St. Louis, then hurried on to Pleasant Plains by the nearest and most rapid route, for Rupert was in a fever of impatience to reach home and the dear ones from whom he had been so long and sadly parted. Such was the story told to the assembled family on the morning after their arrival, and of course it was listened to with absorbing and often painful interest, and followed up by many questions, now from one and now from another. It was Annis who asked, What became of your diamond, Rue? Did I say positively that it was a diamond? he asked in a sportive tone. No, I believe not, but what did you do with it? Sold it, little sister. Sold it for five thousand dollars. There was an exclamation of delight from all present except Juanita, to whom the fact was no news. Why, my good brother, you seem to have made quite a speculation out of your misfortune in being captured and held prisoner so long, laughed Dr. Landreth. Yes, Rupert said, with an ardent look of love directed at his bride. I found a treasure there that I could have found nowhere else and therefore do not regret all I have suffered. Though I would the suffering had been mine alone, he added, with a tender glance at his mother's worn face and a perceptible tremble in his manly tones. Never mind, my dear boy, she said, laying her hands affectionately upon his arm and gazing with all a mother's love and pride into his handsome face. None of us need care for them now that they are all over and we have you safe among us once more. In fine, vigorous health, too, I should say from your appearance, added the doctor. Yes, Charlie, your prescription has worked wonders, Rupert replied with a happy laugh. I never felt better in my life. And you are quite a rich man, the doctor went on merrily. Your business here has thrived and increased under my fostering care, so that there are a few thousands in the bank to add to those you have brought with you. And besides, the fine business is ready for you to step into again this very day, if you like. Charlie, how can I thank you? Rupert exclaimed with emotion, grasping the doctor's hand with brotherly warmth. No thanks needed, Rue, returned the doctor laconically. Don, my boy, he said, wheeling round upon him, 
I don't believe one of us has asked what success in the search for gold you have to tell of. No, said the mother. We were so glad to get sight of his face that we never thought of the gold. Don gave her a loving smile. And I, he said, have been so taken up with the happiness of being with you all again, and the return of my brother, who was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found, that I have not thought of it myself. I have been moderately successful, so that I have enough to give me a fair start in business. I'm very glad, Don, said Rupert, and if you shouldn't have quite enough, you won't be too proud to take a little help from your older brother, will you? Or your brother-in-law, supplemented the doctor. Or your father, Mr. Keith added, with an affectionate look and smile. I am abundantly able and have perhaps the best right. Don's face beamed with happiness. Thank you all, he said. No, I shouldn't be too proud to accept help from any of you, father especially, but I hope not to need it. But Rupert, said Wallace inquiringly, I suppose you had to use a part of your 5000 for traveling expenses. No, you needn't suppose any such thing, my good brother, replied Rupert with a good-humored laugh. The gold I told you Juanita and I picked up was more than sufficient for that and all other expenditures for clothing and so forth. In fact, we still have a few hundreds of it left. Fortunate creatures that you are, said Zilla, and yet I don't think ten times what you have would pay for that long captivity among the Indians. No, said Rupert, I would not voluntarily endure it again for that, or twice that, though now that it is over, I am not sorry to have had the experience. Are you for your share of it, love? he said to Juanita, who was sitting by his side. Ah, my husband, she said, lifting to him eyes beaming with love and happiness. I can never... Never regret anything that brought us together. What beautifully correct English Juanita speaks, remarked Mildred admiringly. Yes, I think so, said Rupert, and take all the credit to myself. Since I have been her only teacher, she could not speak a word of it when we first met. He first stole my heart, said Juanita with a low musical laugh, and then it was not so difficult to make me understand and speak his language. No, said Rupert, if there was any theft, it was on your side. You robbed me of my heart with the first glance of your lovely eyes, so that when I got possession of yours, it was only a fair exchange, which, according to the proverb, is no robbery. Juanita looked at him with pretended reproach in her beautiful eyes. He always gets the best of me when we quarrel like this. He always will have the last word. But you shouldn't let him, Zilla said with a merry look at her husband. Wallace knows better than to expect it always. Don't you dare. Uh, yes, of course, laughed Wallace. But for all that, I'm not apt to stop till I've freed my mind. And sometimes my wife is wise enough not to answer back, unless with soft words or a merry jest that conquers my inclination to be disagreeable. She's a very nice, wise little woman, remarked the doctor. Yet, I think, excelled to some extent by her elder sister, he added, glancing at Mildred as he spoke. Probably the possessive pronoun has not a little to do with that opinion, Charlie, Mildred said with a happy smile. Rupert, said Don, 
Did you never lose your way while crossing those almost boundless Texas prairies? Once we did, replied Rupert, but finding a compass after some little search, we were able to go on in the right direction. A compass, cried Annis. What sort of compass could be found out there? It is a little plant which grows there, can always be found, and under all circumstances, in all kinds of weather, sunshine, rain, or frost, invariably turns its leaves and flowers to the north. Mr. Baird pointed it out to me and told me this about it before we left his ranch. What a wonderful provision of nature, exclaimed Wallace. How kindly God provides for all the needs of his creatures, said Mrs. Keith. Silence fell upon them for a moment. It was broken by an exclamation from Juanita. What a happy family, my Rupert. How many brothers and sisters, and all so kind and loving to each other. And these are not all, my Juanita, he said. Ah, uh, if only Ada and Cyril were here, he said, turning to his mother as he spoke. Your father has already written for Cyril to come home to see his long-lost brothers, she said. But Ada, we can hardly hope to see for a year or two yet. Is she happy? he asked. Very happy in her chosen work, as well as in her husband and two sweet children. Dear girl, he murmured, I trust she will have many stars in her crown of rejoicing. You too, mother. What a good work you have done in training her for hers. To God be all the glory, she said. Without his blessing, all my teachings would have availed nothing, and greatly as I miss my dear daughter, I feel that he has highly honored me in making me the mother of a devoted missionary of the cross. Ah, Rupert, you have had an opportunity to do a little work for the master while an involuntary dweller among a heathen people. She looked at him inquiringly as she spoke. Yes, he said and I made some effort to improve it. I told the old, old story to all whom I could get to listen, and sometimes I thought their hearts were touched. I trust the seed sown may some day spring up and bring forth fruit, though I shall know nothing of it till we meet before the great white throne. There was one, an old man, who was ill a long while, dying of consumption, of whom I have strong hope. I did what I could to relieve his physical suffering, and he was very grateful. That made him the more willing to listen to my talk of the evil of sin, the danger of eternal death, and God's appointed way of salvation. At first he heard me with an apparent perfect indifference, but after some time he became deeply convicted of sin, and at length, as I had reason to believe, sincerely converted. Was it for me? For me? Did he die to save me? he asked again and again, the tears falling fast from his aged eyes. And his blood cleanses from all sin, all sin, he repeated over and over again. Then holding up his hands, he said, These hands are red, red with the blood of my foes. I have taken very many scalps. I have slain men, women, and little children. Can his blood wash away such stains? Yes, I said. Let me read you the very words from God's own book, and I did so, for I had my Bible in my hand. The blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin, and he is mighty to save, I added. Then read again from the book, 
he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Then I read again from the book, It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is ever at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us, and spoke more fully than I had before of the resurrection and of Christ, as our advocate with the Father, the one mediator between God and man. He listened eagerly, hanging upon my words, as if he felt that the life of his soul depended on his full understanding of them. And I think he did fully comprehend at last, for such light and peace came into his face as almost transfigured it, and the expression never changed during the few hours that he lived. I stayed with him to the end, and it was perfectly calm and peaceful. Rupert paused, overcome by emotion. Juanita crept closer to him and put her hand in his, while her eyes sought his face with a look of sympathy and love. He pressed the little hand fondly, giving her a reassuring smile. Then addressing his mother again, he said, I shall always feel that the salvation of that one soul more than repays all I have suffered in consequence of my capture by the Indians. Yes, she said, it is worth more than the sufferings we have all endured in consequence of that. To us dreadful event for they were but temporary and that soul will live forever end of chapter 18th